start recording now. All right, great. All right, podcast world. Um, I'm Cassie Parker. This is Russell McMackins. We're doing our first podcast for Runner's Warehouse Hampton Roads, and we're here to talk about why people should be landlords. <laughs> Cassie, I appreciate you setting this up, and thanks for preempting it with that we're amateurs we've not done this before and we certainly don't know what we're doing as far as the facebook live and the recording <laughs> but we're going to try to do it we're going to try to answer some questions about property management um kind of what we see coming up in the real estate market this year and and how to kind of treat this as an investment um that, that can be added to your portfolio rather than just something that you have to do so i'm kind of excited to share this with you so dive right in take the lead all right. Um, so my role here at the company, I am our business development manager. So once people call, um, I am handling mainly the bulk of the questions uh, about, you know, why property management? What can what will this do for me? What are the benefits? What are the pros? What are the cons? And I answer all of those questions. So I figured I would go through some of the more frequently asked questions that I get. Um, and then we've got, you know, our sensei here to, to answer them for you. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people, the biggest concern or the biggest misconception with rent estate is people want their rent to cover their full mortgage. And normally it does, but there are the people who bought during the bubble where maybe rent comes in fair market value, say they want to rent for $1,400, that will cover their mortgage mm -hmm. um, and property management costs. Um, but the fair market value says they can only rent it for $1,250 or $1,300. Sure. What, what is your take on that when you're... Well, my take on that is is really you have to, as a, as a consumer or as someone who's maybe a first time landlord or investor, <clears throat> you have to kind of break apart from the traditional way of thinking about your mortgage and about what's been your home. Right now, it's an investment property. So if you could kind of play along with this, if you would, if you would look at this home where you've raised your family or whatever you've done with it up until now change your mindset and look at it like a 401k or an IRA or an investment portfolio. So if you were to be able to take an investment like a 401k and you were willing to put in $1,300 a month for it and you were expecting a 1.2% return, that would be fantastic. You'd be happy You'd sign up all day and then you just put it to work for you. What a house for you does is, is the house is much different than a 401k. There's, there's four different legs that you look at an investment property in ways that you generate um, generate wealth, right? So there's cash flow, um, that's, that's revenue in. Mm -hmm. There's appreciation, which is the value of the asset going up over time. Mm -hmm. There's also depreciation, which is the, the writing off for tax benefits, the value of the structure, the components, the walls, the stove, the roof, all those things. Um, and the other part of it is, and that a lot of people miss, is the amortization. So the amortization is the mortgage that you have on the, on the house. So if your mortgage payment is $1,400, that's going to include the actual principal amount that you borrowed. It's going to include interest that you're paying for the mortgage that you got. It's going to likely be including insurance, and it might even include um, mortgage insurance or some other premium like that. So that's all included to allow you to have this home. And if you look at that and you have a tenant that moves in today in year one, and is paying you, I think you said 1250, mm -hmm. right? So what you have now is you have a $250,000 asset, just for example, and then in 10 years, when you count appreciation, this house is gonna be worth, let's say 310,000. And this year, the tenant is paying 1250 of your $1,400 investment. So effectively, to gain all the benefit of this house, 
$60,000 in equity over time, write-offs, taxes, depreciation. You're only spending $150 a month. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's only fantastic if you can look at the way that you that you approach the investment differently than it's your home and your mortgage. And that's the way I like to explain it. You're getting all the benefits, all these thousands upon thousands of dollars of cash flow, lifetime wealth for 150 bucks a month. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> and just to interject, Russell's not just, you know, working. He's not just the owner of Brenner's Warehouse. He has plenty of investment properties of his own. So he does know what he's talking about. Um, he didn't get here by making dumb choices. So except for maybe hiring some of the people we hired. I'm just kidding. It's, like me. <laughs> it's debatable, but I'm going to stick with my choices. Um, but guys, sorry. So what happens is, is that you, you rent it out for a year and they pay $12.50 for a year. $150 times 12, right? Mm -hmm. That is about, oh, I don't know, $1,800. It's about $1,800 the first year. I don't trust my brain. It's okay. <laughs> so you spent $1,800 in a whole year. I hope you're right, it's $1,800. No, no, I usually am. <laughs> Sound like Nick Saban now. So you spent $1,800 to have this investment continue to build wealth for your, your company. If most people would look at that $1,800 and compare it to their their budget for going to movies, going out to eat, car repairs, any number of life events that they have, they'll find out that that's not a lot of money to spend. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is, is that the next year you're likely to have a rent raise, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Markets change, rent goes up and let's just say it went up 2%. So 1250 plus 2%, it's like $25 more. So next year is 1275. And then five years from now, the rent might be 1350. So now you're recapturing all that stuff. But what's happening is, is the, the, the mortgage is going down, right? The value of the house up. is going up. So all these dynamics that are working in the landlord's benefit doesn't happen with 401ks. It doesn't happen with the stock market. That's why I would challenge an, uh, a landlord to look at the amount of money they're bringing in for rent versus their mortgage payment and throw it completely out the window when they're considering investing in real estate or making their home rental. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, no, that's definitely something to think about. And it's something that I wasn't aware of, honestly, before I came to work here. Um, like I said, I was in real estate. I've been in real estate for about three, just about three years now. Um, so I've been on the other side of things. But when I come and look at the investor investor standpoint from a landlord side, there's a lot to be learned. And I know I'm friends with a lot of agents um, and I know many agents actually retire on their rentals um, just because as agents, 1099 employees, we don't have 401ks or anything like that to, to save up and rely on. Um, so not only is it beneficial to people like me, it's also beneficial to other people who just want to build their wealth in different ways and who want to find creative ways to invest their money. And mm -hmm. real estate's nothing new. We've been buying houses forever. So forever. Um, it's just a, a good way to change your mindset and to invest and build your wealth in a different way. Um, so this podcast is going to be directed towards, you know, rent estate, um, as we call it, um, and building your wealth through your rentals and being a landlord and addressing a lot of the common issues that landlords have or face or questions that people have. Um, a lot of this market um, is in Hampton Roads is what we like to call the accidental landlord. Um, and there's a lot of different ways people accidentally become landlords. Um, there's a lot of people who did buy in the bubble, like that 2006 to 2009, that real estate market after the crash, um, where they paid an inflated price on their house and they're still not able to sell it and, and break even. So a lot of those people end up renting out their homes and they turn you know, an accident into 
of, you know, a small fortune. So it's, there's options like that. Um, there's also, we are in a large military market. So there's people who come here and they think they're going to be here for a few years and they buy a house. And then a year later they get orders that they have to go somewhere else. Um, and not everybody has the luxury of a, a family here that can take care of the home. So they end up renting it out because otherwise they would be underwater when they sell. Um, so we do help a lot of those accidental landlords, um, turn, you know, something that seems like a dire situation into something that could be beneficial to them. Um, and I don't know if you have anything to input on the accidental landlord, but I did want to touch on that because I feel like some people find themselves in that situation where they bought and they have to sell in a year and they panic because they know they're going to bring a lot of money to the table if they have to close because most likely they don't have the equity in the home yet. Right. Well, that's that's a good point. And it, it kind of ties into my, my opening salvo. Um, and I see Brian is joined. Hey, Brian. Um, Brian is my buddy up hey, on the Brian. peninsula, runs a, a, a good property management company. Hey, Mike. There. Hey, Carla. Hey, Quentin. Hey, Diane. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. I was going to say hi to them too, but I just happened to have talked to Brian a moment ago. <laughs> um, so the accidental landlord is in a really good position. So real estate investors do a lot of things. And we and, and as the, the market changes, um, we go between buy and hold, um, flipping, long-term flips, short-term flips. There's so many opportunities to create wealth in real estate. For an accidental landlord in a market like this, and now there are some indicators that say the market's changing right now and we're moving into a seller's market. It To me, it doesn't really change. So if you have an accidental landlord that's got a house that may not have much equity, any equity, or maybe not enough equity to accomplish their short-term goals, you can treat this like a long-term flip, right? So if you were to get the house, for example, and say, okay, I'm going to let you guys rent it out. I don't quite have enough equity right now to sell it, make what I need. And I'm going to make a decision to rent it out for two years, right? We already went through how the math works and we can see how much tax depreciation they'll get in two years. Mm -hmm. We'll see how much amortization they're going to get down on the mortgage in two years. We can, we can kind of assume what the appreciation is going to be over the course of two years. And we can project out what it's going to cost to sell. And they can say, okay, we're just going to go ahead and turn it into a rental. Take some of the tax advantages, put that money in your pocket. We'll let a little appreciation come in, hope the market will change and then sell it. So then you get all the benefits wrapped into one. And if you still want to sell it after you've had that two year experience, then you do that and you can walk away whole. I never suggest selling a house. If you get one, keep it. It's the greatest investment that creates wealth in America. But if you choose to do that, maximize your value. And you can do that through what I call a longer term flip. <laughs> and this is an interactive podcast. Uh, we will be, I will be sharing the link so you guys can subscribe. So if you ever want to go back and listen to this again later, I'll also keep this video up so people can go back and rewatch if they'd like. Um, but this is interactive. So if you do have any questions, feel free to chime in with any questions that you have. I know it's a lot of information coming at you quick, but like I said, we're going to try to draw this out over a couple of weeks. Um, so even if you think of a question after today's podcast, feel free to message me and we'll be happy to address it in next week podcasts. I'm going to be having different guests on um, throughout the weeks to just talk about different aspects of real estate, renting and building your wealth. Um, <clears throat> we wanted to touch on just a couple of things today to warm you guys up <laughs> and kind of get you in the mindset of, of being a landlord or becoming a landlord. Um, we'd love to help. Russell's great at teaching people how to maximize their dollar when it comes to real estate, as I'm sure you've already picked up on thus far in the podcast. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of people, they have a hard time seeing the big picture of renting out a property just because they see 
the equity they have in a home. And I'm guilty. I know I look at how much I could sell my house for in pocket every day. And people think of the, the short term and not so much long term. So a lot of people see that they can sell their house today and pocket, you know, 20 grand. Mm -hmm. And they're like, but I could do this with that money or this with that money. And just talking with my real, like my personal um, financial advisor, who's, you know, outside of the real estate community and whatnot, real estate's one of the most solid places to invest your money. So that has also changed my mindset instead of selling my house when given the opportunity i'll probably keep it as a rental mm -hmm. um but i don't know if you also have anything to add to that subject i know you said don't if you acquire real estate don't sell it rent yeah. it um and I'm, i know a lot of my real estate friends out there are probably no um but we uh, i know most real estate people do want what's best for their clients and if there's a chance to build wealth rather than cash out one time when you can cash out year over year uh, why not do that so here's, um, we didn't script this, so I don't exactly have a canned answer for all these things. So what I'll do is I'm just gonna tell you a story. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I learned 20 some odd years ago, um, as I was developing my investment business, is a very, very simple concept. Because believe it or not, I was once young and cute too. And guess what I wanted to do? I wanted to buy stuff. And I wanted to buy a car. I, really, I didn't want to buy a car. Let's be honest, I wanted a truck. Trucks are expensive. So I went out there and I looked and it was like $20,000 and I didn't have $20,000. I couldn't even spell $20,000 back then. So at one of the at, of the training classes was in for, for investments, the speaker up there said, and I think his name, I shouldn't throw names out, but I think it was Pete Fortunato. Um, if you guys have heard of Pete, um, great asset. If you've not, Google him. You're welcome. That's free. He said, hey, if you want to buy a truck, go out there and build the, the process, find out how much it costs, find out how much the um, the monthly payment's gonna be, right? So I went out there and I found out and my payment was gonna be $337 a month, right? So we said, great. Now, instead of putting your down payment down and buying this truck for $337 a month, go buy a house that will cash flow $337 a month and for five years, allow your house to pay for your car. And I said, okay, well, that's cool, I guess. He said, yeah, there's more. If you have a mortgage on the house, get a long one, get a 30 year mortgage, do whatever you want to do. So five years of that cash flow goes to pay off your truck. And then you have 25 more years of cash flow. And then you can do that one, two or three times a year, anytime you want something. If you really want a boat, don't buy a boat, figure out a way to buy a house that'll pay for the boat. And then once the boat's paid for, you have a free and clear boat, free and clear truck. And you also have a collection of houses that are paying you for a lifetime. So I'm not sure if that's where you were going, but that's an example that popped up while you were talking about it. No, I mean, that's unintentionally actually where I was going, just the benefits of owning and holding and what you can do with that money versus selling one time for that quick. I know 20,000, 30,000 seems very appealing, but if you put that out over a couple of years, like he said, you can still buy your toys and they're paid for free and clear. And you're not, you're not paying all that extra interest and everything on it and you're getting interest on your property um i know i went a little off topic from what we originally intended this first podcast to be um but like i said we are a business here at runner's warehouse um we do help people become better landlords and i just want to touch briefly on why um people should not self-manage their homes um if 
they have the option to work with a property manager. I know there's not property managers in all areas. I've had a couple people call from pretty rural areas, but if you have the option to work with a property manager, we highly recommend it. Even if it's not us, we hope it's us, but there's just a couple of reasons why people should not self-manage. I highly doubt a lot of the people who've called me have ever read the Landlord Tenant Act. Mm -hmm. um, we are very familiar with it. It's Bible around here. Um, and you can, landlords can get in a lot of trouble if they aren't familiar and don't abide by the laws. Um, so that's one reason why we do suggest that people use a professional property manager. That's just one of many. Um, but I don't know if, like, I'm sure you have plenty of stories of people who violated it and what could happen. And um, just one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why you should use a professional landlord um, or property manager um, if you are a landlord. Yeah, so this is a topic that could take um, a three-day seminar and fill it completely full. And I, I don't, I don't want to do that. What I want to do is just um, pique your interest in, in why you're doing this to begin with, right? So one of the great things about investing is real estate, and even the IRS calls it passive income. It's supposed to be passive, right? So if you're a doctor or you're a welder or a plumber or you're a teacher or you have a career and, and you love that career, obviously, and it generates income to your family, that's where your focus should be. You've spent money on schooling, you've spent money on you know, trade equipment, all these things. So that's where, your, that's where your focus should be. No one wants to be inside a secure building at two in the afternoon doing you know, really special things for your employer or even yourself if you own your own company and get a phone call from a tenant that has a clogged up toilet. And you know that that clogged up toilet was caused by the tenant because you just had it replaced and it's all brand new, you've done all the right things. You got to stop what you're doing and go figure that out. That seems like something really easy to do when you don't have anything else to do. You've only got one house and toilets seem simple. I can take care of it. But you don't do that with your 401k, right? Mm -mm. You don't do that with your IRA. You, you don't do that with any of your retirement funds. You allow someone to manage that for you. I would suggest that a, a, a house is the largest investment you'll ever have unless you're special and you have those three, four, five hundred thousand plus um, IRAs and, and 401k portfolios. So not hiring a professional here is it could be a mistake. It's always easy to look and say, I can save some money by fixing that toilet myself. But you have to remember that it's never that easy. You have to leave your work or tell the tenant to wait. And if the toilet is backing up and they're flooding out and all this kind of stuff, sometimes the tenant can't wait. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when you go out there, you look at it and you say, oh, great, this is easy. This is a flapper. They're only five dollars at Home Depot. I don't need a property manager. <laughs> this one happens all the time. You run to Home Depot, you buy it, you go back out and put it in. It don't work because you bought the wrong one or the wrong size or whatever. And then you're back there again. You can take a five dollar job and turn it into five hours in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much the time. Then it becomes the frustration. It becomes the upset tenant. And then people start chattering and then your investment starts collapsing. You don't know why it's just a toilet. These things happen all the time. And there's also rules about habitability, about how to take care of a house, um, how to collect rent. Did you know, for example, if a tenant pays rent early, you can't put it in your pocket. No, you that. can't do it. It doesn't belong to you. So if a tenant says they want to pay three months in advance, can you take it? You can. Can you spend it? Oh, you got to keep it in escrow. There's so many rules or so many things that you have to be aware of today, especially in the environment we have now with all the, all the government regulations and other things that are coming down the pipe that individual 
private landlords are just not able to keep up with and keep aware of because there's a lot of information out here. The laws change like the weather around here, so. <laughs> it does, and, and it's coming, and they're good laws. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're for a good reason. We want to protect our tenants. We want to protect housing stock. We want to make sure everyone's taken care of, and it's just so much more of a challenge than the private landlord um, really has the ability to keep up with. There's a lot of training that goes into this. Nope, definitely understand. I mean, just coming from a real estate background and getting into uh, property management and whatnot, I, I was not, it was a joke, but it was pretty spot on. The laws do change frequently. So unless you are constantly being updated by your broker or by, you know, your local MLS or anything like that about what's going on, you could miss something and that could cost you a lot of money. So that's another reason why you want to have a professional property manager managing your properties. One, you got into it for that passive income. And it, like he said, it is no longer passive if you're spending hours and hours and hours making sure everybody's happy, you're happy, your tenant's happy, the house is sound, you know, it just, it's no longer passive. It's a second job. Um, and just being here and listening to our ops team and our leasing agents and stuff like that, it is a lot of work that goes into managing a property. Um, so why not make it passive? Why not enjoy that time with your family? Have a professional help you out. It does cost a little bit, but in the end, it's so worth your time. If you put a value on your time, a monetary value on an hour, we're way under what you would be spending. Um, I don't really want to interrupt since you're leading this, but that's really a good point. When you look at um, paying a property manager to help you manage your passive investment, mm -hmm. um, always consult your CPA. I'm not a CPA, but management fees, tenant placement fees, all the fees that go into hiring and and, um, and paying for a property manager for you, they're tax deductible. Mm -hmm. So those are tax write-offs. Now, I don't know if it's the same way on 401ks or not. I'm no expert, um, but my guess is it's probably not. So that's another benefit. Actually, that might be one of my guests. I have a good, uh, great financial advisor that I work with. So maybe I'll be able to have him on one day and we can talk great. about all of yeah. all of the that jargon with him. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. Uh, like I said, it is interactive. Um, so if you do think of any questions from today's podcast, um, that you would like us to address next week, feel free to message them or email them to me. You can uh, email me at cparker at renterswarehouse.com um, or simply message me on Facebook if that's easier. If you would, if you don't mind subscribing to our podcast, these are gonna be a weekly event from here on out and you will see, hopefully it gets better as we go. Today was amateur hour, so we're in my office um, on a webcam, but we are going to work on building this thing out and doing it right. So anyway, please subscribe to our podcast I'll drop the link in the comments below once I post this video. And we are here for you with any of your real estate or property management questions. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate it. Bye. <laughs>